Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. What's up, D.O.? Good morning, sir. You're amped up for Monday. I'm amped up because of T-Lop, man. Let's go. You finally got us on TikTok. I know. I know. It was a team effort. My 16-year-old has some critiques for you. Please, yeah, tell him. I'm not. I don't know. He, he was in a mood, and he's like, and by the way, your TikTok was no good. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Yeah, so how do I improve? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? You might need to text him. Here you know go. what you might need to do because uh, listeners probably don't know this, but... Um, John actually let my son borrow his PS4 because yeah. you got the yeah, PS5. PS5. Yeah. You may need to text him and be like, hey, I heard you're talking shit about our TikTok. Maybe you have to give the PS4 back. <laughs> no, this is just it's full circle that now I'm going to have a 16-year-old being like, ah, your content. You need, but it's true, though. I mean, But, but I had to tell him, like, hey, we're, we're making this for like a little bit 22 to 32-year-olds, not necessarily for 16-year-olds. Correct. But there could be a nugget in there somewhere. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So maybe uh, I'll have to give you his, his number. You guys have to start texting and he can give you some insights. Oh, uh, now it's full. It had circuit. something to do with like he didn't like how you zoomed into something. I don't know. Oh, that's when I saw your face when I did the da da da. It could be that he just doesn't like to see his dad's face on TikTok. <clears throat> it's probably it. He's like, my dad will never be on this platform. Yeah. And lo and behold, yeah. it's literally there, you front there. Center. I am. <laughs> there I am. No, I'm 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 excited because I enjoy doing this. Like oh, yeah. I I love whether it's having guests on, like mm-hmm. we had Susan West on, or. Um, we're going to have a guest on in a week, mm-hmm. Charlie Lewis, yeah. where we're going to do a whole entire episode on becoming an angel investor or a venture capitalist. Ooh. Yeah. So you want a VC. Mm. So you want a VC. Yeah. So you want a VC. That's actually something that not many people know that I dabble in. A little bit. And Charlie runs in the same investment circles that I run in. I reached out to him and he's a very successful entrepreneur outside of his VC investing. I'm like, hey, you want to hop on and do a show one day. He's like, dude, I'd love to. So I'm like, perfect. Awesome. Right? So like, I like it when we have Susan on or Charlie on or any one of the other guests on, but I also love it when you and I get to sit down and just kind of, usually we crank through some viewer requests, yes. um, some input that we're getting. And um, you know, if you're tuning in for the first time, A, thank you. Yep. Uh, please know that you can check us out on Spotify and Apple if you're listening. If you want to watch us, we're on YouTube. All three, just check out at The Loan Officer Podcast. If you want to follow us on social, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, or LinkedIn, at The Loan Officer Podcast, or me individually, I'm Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. Wow. There's a lot of... Find us everywhere. Lot, lots of ways. And if John can get off his lazy ass and go meet with Dennis, they can get the TLOP website built. The bane of my existence. Yes. <laughs> TLOPonline.com. Yes. Yes. And you're telling me ETA Junish. Yes, Junish. I like Junish. That. Okay. Yes. Well, well, we'll see. Jimmy, shout out Jimmy because Jimmy feels my pain because he's like, how's that website coming along? Wait, Jimmy feels your pain? Yes, because he feels it in my voice when he's like, hey, so how's that website coming <laughs> along? So Jimmy knows. Shout out Jimmy. J- Jimmy sees John in the halls and is like, JC, why are you so like stressed out? I'm not stressed. I'm focused. Okay. Not stressed, but focused. Yes. But yes, anywhere that you can publish content, we want to be there publishing yes. content. Yes. Okay, but today we're going to create some new content. Yes, we are. What are we going to talk about, John? We're going to talk about uh, why would one person or an individual want to become a branch manager for a loan company, a mortgage company, excuse me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is probably, again, most of the people who tune in, they mm-hmm. tend to be somewhat industry related, whether mm-hmm. they're realtors, they're lenders, they're insurance professionals, financial advisors, uh, or even title companies. Right. Right. That's who who typically tunes in. But for anyone else, like this may resonate in your field as well, because you're essentially asking yourself, when 
why, where, and how would I ever want to become not just the top salesperson, but the manager, mm -hmm. but the owner, right? Because some people are like, hey, I want to open up my own branch, my own brokerage, right? Your own brokerage might mean that you are self-employed and this is your own company. Hmm. Your own branch might mean, hey, I'm going to go work for a larger institution, but they're going to start giving me some form of autonomy to run a branch of my own. Okay. Right? Maybe I get a say in um, how the P&L operates, what the profit margins are, what the overall business model is or business mix is. Mm -hmm. And who should do it and why they should do it is a pretty serious topic of conversation. It's something I think we should just jump into, okay. especially if when I follow the YouTube comments and yeah. I see some of the emails that come across, uh, whether it's your email or they hit me up on LinkedIn, it's either, hey, Dio, I want to open up my own brokerage or, hey, JC, have you ever done anything on becoming a producing branch manager? Yeah. So let's kind of like do a deep dive into that. Right. I'm going to try not to convey like whether I think one's better than the other because I don't think one is better. Mm -hmm. They're different and it's all going to pertain to where you are in your career, where you are in life and what really drives you, what fulfills you. All right. And let's try to dispel some myths along the way. Sounds good. And then I even, as I'm sitting here thinking about how we want to put together the episode, tie a little bow on it, and then complete it, mm -hmm. I, like I just start thinking about other industries automatically. And a good friend of mine who happens to be my next door neighbor for the, of, over the past 10 years, he's a top salesman in his industry. Mm -hmm. His industry is one in which they sell IT training. So if you're running an IT department, uh, it could be for a large Fortune 500 company or mm -hmm. a large university, your IT professionals typically need to uh, um, obtain some kind of a continuing education right. because software changes. Yeah. So you would go to to the, my neighbor's company, shout out to Andrew, um, but to his, to, to his company to obtain that training. Mm -hmm. So he is the number one salesman at his location and one of the top salesmen in, in his entire company. Okay. And it's a national, maybe even a global company. Mm -hmm. And when I talked to Andrew about why, why don't you manage a branch? Yeah. Flat out says, A, it means I have to deal with people mm. and B, make less money. Mm. He doesn't want to have to supervise and hold accountable other associates. That's not in his wheelhouse in terms of things that motivate him. Yeah. And he feels like he would have to take a pay cut. Yeah. That he can actually make more money as a top producing salesman than he could as a branch manager. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it was an easy decision for him to say in his industry, which has nothing to do with real estate or title or insurance or financial mm -hmm. advising or mortgage. In his industry, it's an easy Hell to the no. Hell to the no. Don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, if Andrew wasn't Andrew, and maybe he was less money motivated, and, and he was fulfilled by growing, teaching, mentoring mm -hmm. others, then maybe that decision would have been different. Yeah. So we're going to take this same Dio's next door neighbor, Andrew, approach yeah. to trying to figure out whether or not a loan officer should become a branch manager. Mm -hmm. If they do, do they want to be a producing branch manager or do they want to be a non-producing branch manager? What are the pros and cons of each? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That sounds good. And, and just kind of do a deep dive. Yeah. All right. So first we'll start with why. Yeah, why, why would someone want to become either an owner of their own brokerage or a producing branch manager? Why do you think they, they'd want to do it uh, on the surface? On the surface? I I don't know because you know me and management don't get along. I mean, me personally, but um, 
just because they want more control. They it's want, all about the Benjamins, baby. I think the money. Is it yeah, about the money? it's all about the money. The thought is that, oh, if I become a branch manager, I can make more money. Mm. Not necessarily. That, right, because, yeah. Like, not necessarily. Yes, but not necessarily. Mm. Like, not easily. There's also a thought, well, I'm a top-producing loan officer, so I'd make a good manager. Mm, not necessarily. Bull to the shit. Yeah, that's like not, that's not. like that's a big misconception. Yeah. Like just because you're a great technician doesn't necessarily make you a great leader. Good God, no. And then do you want to be a great leader? And by the way, I'm using the word leader, not boss. Mm. Have you ever met anyone who liked their boss? I mean, you're pretty cool. Yeah, but I try not to be a boss. Like, do I boss you around? Do I tell you what to do without also giving you proper expectations? No, I, I say no, no. Yeah, like like I hate bosses. Mm-hmm. I never want to be a boss. Like, I'm kind of like, oof, I kind of hate that John looks at me like I'm his boss. Right? I'm your, I'm your co-collaborator. Yeah. You know, ultimately, when the shit hits the fan, someone has to be in charge, and I raise my hand yeah. and say, I'll do that. Yeah. But I'd like to be the person who I invest in you, invest in your success, and I talk about the future, and I paint a very bright picture for both of us to— Correct. Right? Absolutely. So that's what a leader does. Mm-hmm. But just because you're a top-producing loan officer or you're top-producing XYZ in, in your particular field doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make— a great manager. And then more importantly, do you ever even want to be a great leader? What do leaders do? They train, they mentor, they coach, they lead by example. Yeah. Right? So that's like a big question for someone to ask themselves. If you want to go own your own branch, let me ask you this. How are your IT skills? How are your HR skills? Right? How are your janitorial skills? Yeah. Because when you own your own brokerage, you now have to do accounting, you have to do legal, you have to do IT, you have mm-hmm. to do office management. And if you don't do it, you have to hire someone to do it, which is going to cost you money. But then you also have to train that person. You also have to lay out your expectations mm-hmm. and then inspect what you expect. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, what you have to ask, if you're currently a mortgage broker or a mortgage professional and you're thinking, hey, I want to own my own brokerage because you think you're going to make more money, Run the numbers. Are you, A, going to make more money, and B, are you going to be doing more of what you'd like to do or less of what you'd like to do? These are huge questions to ask yourself and decisions to make. Now, if you get excited about running a business, Mm -hmm. about being in charge of HR and payroll and leases Mm -hmm. and compliance and office management and figuring out who's going to come and clean your space, as well as hiring, firing, and training. And if that's you, by all means, you want to go own your own brokerage. But you have to ask yourself, where's the revenue going to come from? Because the minute you start doing all of those things that I just spelled out, that's less time you have to do loans. That's what I'm saying. And if you are the number one person that's dependent on bringing in revenue through through your lead generation and your loan activity, you can't create two of you or three of you or four of you and you can't create any more than 24 hours in a day and theoretically you can't really work more than 16 and are you doing this because you want to work 16 hours a day like why are you wanting to to have your own brokerage because for many people once they start having these thoughts Mm. 
and and they run these exercises, they realize, whoa, whoa yeah. It sounds good on paper, like to do it. Like, yeah, hey, I'd love to be the owner. I love to run the numbers. But once you really get into the minutia of operating, it's like that. It's like, yeah, I have this loan to close, but I need toilet paper in the bathroom because there's none left and there's no one else to get it. It literally like spans the gamut of responsibilities. Yeah, I have this loan to close, but also have payroll to have to get submitted because it's Wednesday at four. And if I don't get my payroll in by Wednesday at five, they don't get paid on uh, Friday. And am I the type of person who wants to run a company that my three associates don't get their paycheck because I was putting out a loan fire? No, so then you, you didn't put out your loan fire, but now that fire yeah. turned, went from small to large, now it's a bonfire, and you have something even bigger to put out. Right. Yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into it. And then the bigger question, well, again, why? Why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you want to scale and you see yourself having four or five locations? Right? I think about my clients who have owned McDonald's franchises. Okay, it's cool you want to own a McDonald's franchise, but why is that? Is that because you really enjoy running McDonald's? Or you really enjoy being an entrepreneur and running a business, regardless if it's McDonald's mm. or a car wash or a minute clinic? Mm -hmm. You just love running businesses, and you know that you're going to buy one McDonald's because it's going to allow you to buy five, five yeah, right. right? And at that point, you're an executive who is an entrepreneur. You're not really a general manager of a local McDonald's, right? Sure. Same thing applies to anyone owning, op open up their own branch, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, a branch of Waterstone Mortgage, a branch of Movement Mortgage, mm -hmm. or going out on your own and it's a true broker shop that yeah. you're starting ground floor up. What's your why? Yeah. Question for you. Yeah. Um, so you say like, if you want to become a loan officer, two years, give me two years in the business and then mm -hmm. you, you should be able to make it. If one wants to become either like open their own brokerage or their own branch, is there like a time frame you can give, like give it a year, give it three years before you really start seeing? That's a phenomenal question. Um, here's where I'm gonna go with this. You need to be a great loan officer first. And by a great loan officer, I mean, you are technically sound. You don't make mistakes. You know what you're doing you submit a file that is well-documented and your pre-approvals are ironclad. So once you are doing that, okay, technically you're where you need to be. But how about systems and processes? Because if you are a whole lot of a mess, how are you gonna go run a branch if you're not systematized and process-oriented? So you have to be the best of the best in my opinion. The best of the best technically and the best of the best in terms of systems and processes. That normally means you have a team. You probably have a dedicated processor who just processes for you. You probably already have a database and either uh, you or your assistant is managing and marketing to your database. And you probably have some kind of a junior loan officer, LOA loan partner mm -hmm. who is assisting you with your lead intake, your pre-approvals, following up on documents, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So you're already a bit of a manager if you think about it. Yeah. Like what you're asking yourself now is do you want to be more of a team manager or are you ready to go out and, and, and start your own branch? And if you start your own branch, why? Like a lot of times we're like, oh, well, I want to have loan officers because I can get an override off of their production. Yes, you can. Okay. But you have to ask yourself this. Why would a loan officer come work for you? Like wh what is it about you? that a loan officer wants to be around or be a part of, not your company. Loan officers, you, you all should work for the individual and trust that that individual is already aligned with a company that's going to allow you to be successful. Mm -hmm. But you have to ask yourself, if you're that, that loan officer, that top producing mortgage professional who wants to begin into management, 
well, why? And then who's going to come work for me? What am I going to do to support them? Right. And then what am I going to make realistically? Like realistically, if John Coleman, the loan officer, came and worked for Dustin Owen, the, the, the now producing branch manager, yeah. even if I already knew, oh, I'm going to give John X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. What am I realistically going to earn off of John's production? Well, I'm going to tell you. If you run a good branch, you could probably earn 10 to 30 basis points off of John's production. Let's just say it's 20, okay? And John's a good producer. He does a million dollars a month in production of self-sourced business that's 75% purchase. Like, that's mm. that's what you want. I do. Okay, cool. So John is at a 115 comp plan, so he's making roughly eleven, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 a month, right? Translates to somewhere around $132,000 a year. Mm. Dude, you're doing it. Yeah. Like you're making really good money. Mm -hmm. But if I'm only making 20 basis points on your production, I'm making two grand. So if you are the person trying to contemplate becoming a manager because you're going to get rich off of John Coleman mm. working for you, dude, or dudettes, <laughs> you're making 1000 to $3,000 a month off of John. You need a lot of John Coleman's then. Is that juice worth the squeeze is going to be my first question. Like if you don't enjoy mentoring John, coaching John, helping John become better, helping John problem solve, mm -hmm. deal structure, deal make, and you're only making one to $3,000 a month on his production. And we've already said John's really good. Mm -hmm. What if John wasn't really good? What if he was right. a rookie? What if John was a lower producer? Then you'd spend more time coaching them up, and then you spend even more time not producing money. And then so yeah, so for some people whose average commission is probably two to three thousand dollars per loan, the answer is you don't want to be a branch manager. You don't want to go open up your own broker shop, mm -hmm. right? You just want to go out and do one extra loan. Yeah. Because when you do so, you you make more money than you did helping John Coleman close four to five loans a month. Right. And I think that's a big misconception for someone who's like, yeah, I want to become a branch manager. I want to make all this money. I want to have access to the profits. Mm. And it's like, ah. And do you even know how little profits there are? Like, you know, the mortgage industry is a volume game. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the car industry. It's a volume game. You don't make a lot of money per deal. You do a lot of deals and make a little bit of money on each. Mm -hmm. And there are big misses. Like, when, when, when you make money, you could make 30, 40 grand in a month. When you lose money... It's like 100 to 200 grand. Whoa, chill. Yes. L look at the average P&L for any mortgage branch, any mortgage company in the months of January, February, October, November. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like when you win, after you pay your LOs, after you pay your processors, after you pay your underwriters, after you pay your overhead, after you pay your marketing, after you pay mm. your compliance, IT, et cetera, you may have eight to $15,000 left over. But when you lose... You may have 80 grand in the hole. Damn. Yeah, so it's not it's not overly lucrative and it comes with a lot of responsibility. You have people who are relying on you for their success. And that's when you ask, well, well why is someone gonna come work for you? And after you run through this thought process, you may be like, wait a minute. Yeah, I don't want my own branch. Maybe what I wanna do, and I wanna manage, I wanna lead, mm -hmm. is maybe I just wanna grow a big team. Maybe I wanna continue to work for someone else. Ah. Right. It's, you know, look, I'm, I'm taking on no risk now. Um, I'm giving up a little bit of the reward, right? Because there is a chance like anything, right? When, when you became a loan officer, there's no guarantee you're going to be successful, mm -hmm. 
right? The top 10 or 20% are the people who are making 250, 500, 750, a million dollars a year, mm -hmm. right? Then everyone else is somewhere in the middle or there's another 10 or 20% who just never make it, mm -hmm. right? So you have 10 or 20% who are the big time top producers, 10 or 20% that's a revolving door of people who never make it. And then the middle is filled with everyone else. Mm -hmm. Those that do 8 million, those that do 20 million, but not quite 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 million or, or the, the, the low end of that. Gotcha. Same thing goes for branch managers, right? There's many that become a branch manager mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they see their pay go down, right? Their pay goes down because their volume goes down. Their pay goes down because maybe somehow they're tied to performance. And then all of a sudden, things that they weren't paying for before when they were an associate of someone else's branch, they're now, try they're now having to pay for yeah. like their assistant. Oh, yeah. Right? Like mm -hmm. their loan partner. So, yeah, there's a lot of thought process that has to go into it. Then what's the, okay, so it seems like there's a lot of responsibility, but like, what's the reward of saying someone like, I do want to jump in and become a manager? Like, what are the rewards aside from just like the money, would you say? Yeah, so let's, the, the big stretch, well, the reward for some people is it's, it's self-fulfilling. Yeah. It's giving back. It's someone probably went out, um, went out of their way to help you mm -hmm. early on in your career and you want to do it for others. Mm -hmm. The big time reward though, is if I can get John in and John loves working for me and I invest in John. Mm -hmm. John tells his friend, so now there's two more Johns that come to work here. And one of those, I'm actually able to help grow from a million a month to two million a month. Mm -hmm. And eventually, because I invested in them, my heart and soul, they become self-sufficient. And maybe I now give them an opportunity to also be a leader. Maybe they're a sales mm -hmm. manager underneath me and then they want to give to someone else what I gave to them. Yeah. You know, eventually it's like, if you read John Maxwell's five levels of leadership, mm -hmm. it's achieving level four and then maybe level five, mm -hmm. but you're starting off level one, two, and three, that's tough. And you might not make more money. You couldn't make less money, mm -hmm. but the end goal is what if you could have a branch where you are so sufficient with your own production, your team ran itself. You had a fantastic team captain. You had a couple loan partners. You had a loan officer assistant. And you built this and created this well-oiled machine that you're managing that team, but you're not working inside of it day to day. Mm -hmm. And then that allows you to have gone from two LOs to four, from four to eight. So now your team that is being captain by your team captain is churning out their three to $4 million a month. And then you are leading by example and helping your eight LOs achieve their potential, mm -hmm. whether their potential is $8 million a month or, or $8 million a year or $8 million a month, mm -hmm. you're investing in those people, then there could be a way that after two or three years of investing in you, John, mm -hmm. anymore, I just have to create a safe, fun work environment that you want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And now that income stream becomes more residual mm -hmm. because you're self-sufficient and self-reliant because I invested so much of me into you. Right. Like that is the big... Um, rainbow unicorn mm -hmm. pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where it's at. Yeah. But Pareto's principle is going to tell me 80, 20 rule, 20% are going to be able to achieve that. 80% are not 20% of people who think they want to be a producing manager. Get it. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. Of the hundred, mm -hmm. there's 20 that are going to be able to achieve it. 80, they're going to be somewhere between an absolute cluster F, mm -hmm. um, combustible bomb, <laughs> mm -hmm. and every year almost getting there, yeah. almost. Um, but 
something I said I'd come back to that I do want to come back to is like, well, then, all right, Dio, you haven't scared me. You yeah. haven't scared me from opening my yep. own branch. You haven't scared me from opening up my own broker shop. I'm now ready. what? I'm okay, ready. cool. Cool. Let me give you some advice on how to run a successful branch. And by the way, uh, I'm going to throw this out there. I haven't even talked to David and Mike about this yet, but I really want to do this. Um, if For those that are tuning in for the first time or, or second time, or you, for whatever reason don't know <laughs> my story, I started in this business as a mortgage loan officer. After two years, I became a uh, branch manager, had no idea what I was doing, had, had, had a decent mentor to kind of point me in the right direction. Uh, but a lot of the things I had to learn uh, on my own, I had to learn through making mistakes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended up partnering up with two gentlemen, Mike Smalley's been on the show twice, David Holbrook, who we haven't had a chance to have on the show. But David, Mike, and I went from being three loan officers with one processor and one assistant where our first full year, we think produced like $40 million in volume collectively mm -hmm. to now we help run a region that we grew from the ground up. We have eight branches, we have a hundred total associates and we do eight to 900 million a year. Mm -hmm. So from 40 million a year mm -hmm. to like, you know, 80 million, 75 million a month. Mm. And we did so without ever utilizing a recruiting team, a recruiting platform. Okay, so everything that we can teach, we teach just based on our own laurels, like right. just things that we have experienced over the past 13 years. And the bulk of our growth really happened in the first five years, the first five to seven. The past five to six, we've kind of been a little bit on autopilot, right? But all the hard work was done up front. Right. So what I want to do is I want to have all three of us mm. on the show together and I want to do a show on how we built a successful region mm. that started with one branch, now it's eight branches, with some really kick-ass managers and loan officers and support personnel, right. and how we grew it from $40 million a year to $800 million a year. But I need them to do it because it wasn't a me thing, it was a we thing. Right. So I'll put it out there. I hope David and Mike will will come on and then we can do a show on that, yeah. which would just be a really cool and get some some decent insights on me mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we're very much like family. Uh, we operate like three brothers. Yeah. And so we pick on each other a little bit. So I think it'll make yeah, uh, decent entertainment. Good, yeah. um, you know, I come on and only show you all the, the rosy fun side of me. <laughs> I'm curious to get David and Mike's take. Or yeah. I'm sure you guys would be too. Yeah. Um, but so back on the, what does it take? This is what we did. Okay. This is what we did. We led from the trenches. We were field generals. And what I mean by that, it's like, instead of saying, Hey, John, go do X, Y, and Z, John, you need to do happy hours once a month. John, you need to teach lunch and learns once a week. John, you need to do two huge events a year. We said, hey, John, we're going to do a happy hour. Why don't you invite your realtors? Mm -hmm. Hey, John, we're going to do a lunch and learn. Why don't you invite your realtors? Yeah. Hey, John, we're going to do this huge end-of-the-year business planning where we're going to have a guest speaker fly in from New York, and we're going to have lunch provided, and it's going to be a four-hour event. And yeah. Hey, John, all we need you to do is go out and market the event. Hey, John, you need to have a CRM with a database and do drip campaigns. We can tell you that, or we can say, hey, John, if you come work here, we already have a database sales support team mm -hmm. who is already, they're already doing it for us. 
why not do it for you? Yeah. We're already doing happy hours for ourselves. Why not let you join on? We're already teaching lunch and learns. So we lead by example, even still today, Mike Smalley, one of the regional VPs, yeah. right? One of the founding members, mm -hmm. one of the three amigos, yeah. he still produces at a very high level. Yeah, he does. Right, so when we sit down and we teach our loan officers how to build a team, we're not doing it based on some book we read. We're basing it based on how I built my team, yeah. based on how Mike built his team. Yeah. You know, it's so being able to lead by example is huge for anyone looking to build a branch. And then when you ask yourself, well, why would someone want to come work for me? Hmm. Right? Well, do you have the ability to put their needs ahead of yours? Right. That's big. That's huge. Do you have, do you have that ability to say, hey, let me help you get this loan structured. And then after I'm done with you, with whatever time is left, even if it's at nine o'clock tonight after I put my, my kids to bed, I'll work on my personal production. Yeah. Or are you going to be that loan officer who has a title of manager, but your, your um, behavior isn't that of a leader and you're MIA, hmm. can't read you, can't find you. Have your head buried in your own book of business, hmm. right? Because that's where so many top producing loan officers who are given the title of sales manager, branch manager fail is they fail to be able to take off their loan officer hat yeah. and put on their business owner hat or their manager hat. And uh, those that do it successfully have that ability. They have that ability to understand their role. And it's like, it's like being a character actor. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, well, what what am I doing right now? Oh, I'm a loan officer? Cool. Let me put on my let me put on my LO hat and let me mm. crank out LO work. Oh crap, someone needs me to me to be a leader or a manager. Deep breath, step back, take off the LO hat, let me put on the business operator hat, but let me put on the, the manager hat mm. and then go forward to it. But I think anyone who is contemplating going out on their own, they have to first ask themselves, well, where am I in my career? Do I have a team built? I'm going to need a team to, to be able to go on my own. And then why am I going on my own? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it because you want autonomy to do whatever you want and no one to tell you what to do? Mm -hmm. Okay. But just know then you're more of a self-employed person. You're not right. really being an entrepreneur. Like that's something the book, The E-Myth, teaches. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the E-Myth is like, are, is the entrepreneurial myth. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I used to work for XYZ company and now I'm working on my own. But just because you're working on your own doesn't mean you're necessarily an entrepreneur or a business operator. You know, you're, you're just self-employed. Right. You're doing the same task. You're doing the same work. You're just not having to be bossed around yeah. by a terrible leader. Right. But you probably don't have something that allows you freedom and flexibility and freedom in terms of financial as well. Uh -huh. You just, you know, you have something where no one's telling you what to do. So if you decide to start your day at 9.30 p.m. Yeah. or 9.30 a.m. or 6.30 a.m., it doesn't really matter. Question for you. Yeah. Um, what would you say you've had more satisfaction? Because um, you've done both. Uh, would you say on the loan side, like structuring loans and helping families getting to homes or growing kind of a successful branch and like helping other LOs like become successful? What would you say is more successful? Like, both. It depends on, on, on where I was in life. Mm -hmm. You know, but you know, me personally, I'm at a point in my career and my life, I love investing in people. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, just love it. I absolutely love the, the thought. I don't know if this is fact, but the thought that if I were to pass away young, because I hope to outlive everybody. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah. Right. But, but if I were to pass away young, 
that, you know, people could tell some really cool stories. Oh, this one night in Vegas at the craps table, <laughs> man, Dio, you should have been around him. <laughs> like, you know, and, and that's that's all fun and 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 whatnot. But I I would hope that it's like, man, I look at where I am in life, especially as it pertains to my career, and that person played an instrumental part in it. Mm. Whether it was I gave him the chance. I believed in them. Um, obviously, they did the work. I didn't do the work. <laughs> you know, like like that that moves me. That that to me is is life changing. And then knowing that if I could pour my heart and soul into them, and they could then in return pour it into two other people, that's how legacies are created. So for me, and look, I may be totally stubborn and blinded and living in a bubble, <laughs> thinking that I actually have that type of impact. Like I'm fully aware of that. But it doesn't mean my effort won't be there and that I don't get some kind of enjoyment out of it. Mm -hmm. But that being said, dude, there's nothing cooler than having a, a, a home buyer on the line and either explain to them how they can actually buy a house when they thought they never could mm -hmm. or offering a solution. They knew they could buy a house, but the solution that they made up on their own was a terrible one. Right, yeah. It was one in which they would qualify. Don't worry. Yeah. But I took it a step further and became more of a, a, an advisor to them. Mm -hmm. And they're like, whoa, mind blown. Yeah, right. You really have taught me how to become more wealthy. That's really cool, too. Yeah. So both are really cool. Um, Sounds hella rewarding if you do it right on both ends. Sounds like you could get rewarding for helping people move into homes and growing careers. Sounds like. Yeah, but both very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, very frustrating. And, and when you're a leader, you have to make hard decisions. And it's like anything. You weren't a great loan officer at first. You're terrible. You're not going to be a great leader either. The question is, are you going to invest in yourself? Are, are you going to go out and find outside coaching? Are you going to read books like uh, John Maxwell's Five Levels of, of Leadership or Jocko Willick's uh, Extreme Ownership? You know, are you going to read Peter Drucker uh, books on management? Yeah, it's, or are you not? Like as a loan officer, are you going to attend the conferences? Are you going to attend the workshops? Are you going to invest in yourself? Or do the same thing, you have to do the same thing as a, as, as a leader and understand that it's an, an ever- growing evolution of a process. Yeah, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop, and you're not going to be good at it. And you, have to, you have to be willing to accept that. You know, being a leader in title alone is I mean, terrible. And many are that. They're, they're, they're managers by title only. Mm -hmm. the, the, the question is, are you going to be a manager by title only, or does this episode help you realize, you know what? I don't think I ever want to be a manager, but maybe a leader of my team. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I, I would like to continue to elevate myself, lead prospect, go out on appointments, make it rain. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I'll teach others how to be great technicians. Because maybe you're at a point where you're like, dude, if I have to take another freaking Earl oh, again, God, I'm out. Yeah, I'm going to gouge my eyeballs out. If I have to do another self-employed worksheet again. Yeah, yeah but... Maybe you can focus on, and not even maybe, I know you can as a loan officer. You can focus on just doing the things that you like mm -hmm. and hiring and building a team to do things that you don't like, but never fool yourself that you can hire someone to fill your deficiency. Mm. Right? Understand that. Never, never think you can hire someone just like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to learn that. I'm going to hire someone to do it. Right. Who's going to train that person? Who's going to inspect what they expect? If you don't know what to expect, how can you inspect it? Looks good to me. I don't know what yeah. I'm looking at. Yeah, you have to have a general idea of what it is that you want done, and you have to know whether or not that's realistic. Mm -hmm. And then you can hire people to do things that maybe you were good at, but you don't like doing. Mm -hmm. 
but you can become a leader within your own organization without ever having to be a manager. Or you may be like, no, maybe you want to reach the pinnacle. Because I'm talking about being a producing manager. Yeah, yeah. You can be a non-producing manager. But let me ask you this. The minute you're a non-producing manager, what value do you bring to your team? Mm. You got to bring value. Right? As yeah. a non-producing manager, you're going to lose that skill set. You're not going to keep up with the latest Encompass mm -hmm. upgrade. Mm -hmm. You're not going to keep up with the latest um, Fannie Mae guideline on self-employed income or on student loans. Mm -hmm. You're just not because you're not in the trenches any longer. The minute you do that, the minute you forget there's a T in mortgage, <laughs> you have to start asking yourself, well, what value do you bring to those that, that, that look up to you? Yeah. Are you a good sales leader? Are you out there developing relationships with builders and real estate offices, at which point your loan officers benefit from your efforts? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're investing in them becoming better salesmen and saleswomen, you're bringing value. Mm -hmm. If you are out there bringing in relationships with builders and realtors, you're bringing in value. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to also have a solution for when that person needs help deal structuring. When that person needs help learning in Compass or Calix or whatever your software is, mm -hmm. um, because this industry does need non-producing managers, but they don't need non-producing managers that don't bring value. Mm -hmm. the, the constant here is bringing value. What value do you bring and what is your why? And then if your why is deep enough, then do you have the ability to put others in front of yourself? And there's going to be a little bit of a grind and a, and a suck to an embrace along the way. Yeah. So that's thought processes. There's going to be a ton of questions on this particular topic, and I welcome them. Yeah. If you have questions, reach out via email, LinkedIn. Um, YouTube comment. YouTube comments. Uh, it's, a, it, it's a good topic to, to start on. Yeah. But this is a topic that, that the person who is contemplating needs to explore and they need to explore with others who have been there mm -hmm. and possibly even a coach. Mm. And no, we are not there yet. I got the question last week uh, from, a, from a listener, from a viewer, hey, would you be open to coaching? Mm. I'm laying it out there. I am not at a point where I have time to be a good coach. But if John Coleman can get TLOP online built, then from that platform, we can start putting out more educational information and content. Right. And possibly by 2022, have a coaching solution in place. Yes, sir. All right. Because I will tell you, if you want to be a really good producing branch manager, you should highly, highly consider coaching. Yeah. But look, he's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. You're tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for making it this far. Please share us and like us. Yep. Please follow us on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, yeah. hit us up on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, yep. and don't keep us a secret. We love what, we, what we're doing, and yep. we want to continue doing it, but we can only continue doing it if our audience continues to grow. Yep. Sounds Anything great. to add on that? That was great, man. Perfect. He's John Coleman. This is Dustin Owen. This is. I am <laughs> Dustin Owen, and this has been a topic on So You Want to Be a Branch Manager. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the flip side. Deuces. Peace.